I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi, and welcome to All Things Policy. I'm Shambhavi, and joining me on today's episode are Pranav. Sankal and Suryesh, who are part of the Geo Strategy Program here at the Takshashila Institution, from October third to October sixth, India hosted Bangladesh's Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina. She was here to grace two occasions: one, the World Economic Forum, the India Summit, uh, and for a bilateral meeting with India. So let's talk more about what happened in the four days that she was here. So first up, Sankal, can you tell us why the why it is important for us to talk to Bangladesh? Uh, for three reasons, uh, Bangladeshi Prime Minister's visit to India was important. First was that uh, she got elected last year, and that was her first visit to India. Second is in the overall context of uh, NRC and politics surrounding it. Bangladeshi Prime Minister coming to India and India assuring that no immigrant will be sent back to Bangladesh was important. And thirdly, in the overall foreign policy orientation of India, Bangladesh can be considered as a success story. So, Bangladeshi Prime Minister's visit was a reaffirmation of that. Uh, That goal. Awesome. Uh, so, Prana, what got discussed and what agreements were signed between India and Bangladesh? So, before this meeting actually happened, uh, there was one meeting that was held in the sidelines of the UN General Assembly. Uh, so, this was the one time when Sheikh Hasina and Prime Minister Modi spoke. So, India and Bangladesh signed seven pacts. Out of this, three I consider significant, which I would like to highlight. The first one is the sharing of LPG between Bangladesh and India. Uh, this would reduce the transportation time by almost 1500 kilometers the second one very important one is a skill development program center which has been set up in khulna and finally the more uh, a more important one is the water sharing agreement uh, in the of the feni river where india is allowed to withdraw 1.83 qzx of water from the feni river so these are the three most important things the other ones include setting up of uh, radar surveillance systems across the coasts and also a uh, very important point is that for the first time india and bangladesh's uh, shipping trade reached 1 billion dollars and year on year growth has been 52% so which is quite significant okay, so that was very interesting so two points that i really liked was this river sharing agreement thing Uh, because there's obviously been a lot of history to sharing of river waters between India and uh, Bangladesh. Sankar, do you want to expand a bit on yeah, the Tisa so River? Yeah, so the history. Uh, I mean, we don't have to go back to history, but we can just see what happened in the last ten years. In 2011, uh, government of India came close to signing Tisa water sharing agreement with Bangladesh, but uh, uh, it could not go through because of the coalition compulsions. In 2019 as well, it was expected that Tisa deal could happen. but uh, for various reasons it has not yet happened and tista has emerged as a major bone of contention between india and bangladesh relationship and this is interesting because you pointed out coalition compulsion modi has come in 2004 with a complete mandate and even in 2000 with even greater mandate so in uh, upa 2's regime it was almost as you rightly pointed out it was almost getting signed but uh, at the end moment mamta banerjee's compulsion had uh, halted it but it is surprising that why it is not getting signed today 
as India is the upper riparian in case of Sista and uh, Bangladesh is the lower riparian as the classic case of upper riparian, lower riparian problem, water sharing is a problem, water sharing, the amount of water sharing, will it cause lead to drought in one state, will it lead to flooding in other state is a major problem between these two rivers. So one of the major contentious points between India and Bangladesh is Sista sharing and it has not been resolved in this issue, this bilateral meeting as well. So, uh, what you are saying is that with the Thista agreement, so only in West Bengal, there was a certain risk of uh, issues with water. Uh, but with the current agreement that has been signed, uh, who are the beneficiaries? India is a beneficiary because uh, India would be allowed to draw water and distribute it to other states, while this would also reduce some of the flooding problems within Bangladesh. So as we know that Bangladesh has a twin problem of flooding in one, one region of the country, whereas it also has a condition of drought in the other, other, other region of the country. So this would reduce the burden of flooding for Bangladesh, while water distribution would be an advantage for India. Okay. Uh, so now, Sankar, I think you did a PhD on energy, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, Pranav mentioned about the LPG sharing. Can you expand a bit on that? So the thing is, Bangladesh is a gas-rich country and there have been proposals uh, in the past to sh to sort of bring Bangladeshi gas to India, given that India imports a lot of energy. But uh, that was not sort of uh, succeeded for various reasons. Bangladeshi politics was one of the reasons. But now with the signing of this LPG sharing agreement, I think uh, it is interesting that Bangladesh has agreed to sell some gas to India, overcoming its earlier apprehensions. It is interesting because Myanmar and Bangladesh uh, both are sitting on raw energy. Myanmar being a Rakhine state. We, I, didn't, I am not sure, we'll have to check, but I don't think India has a, a bilateral agreement of sharing LPG or gas with Myanmar. Uh, and they are a border states. Uh, but this is interesting. I I know that we are going to talk on Bimstick and we'll come to Bimstick later. But this, they are talking in Bimstick. Energy sharing is one of the important points of Bimstick. And this has not happened through Bimstick. So as the as it rightly goes out, it, it has happened through bilateral agreement between India and Bangladesh. Right. But energy sharing has, um, agreements has, have happened before as well. Right? Those electricity sharing agreements. Between so what was happening is India was exporting electricity to Bangladesh because uh, Bangladesh was facing shortfall and India, India produced surplus electricity. Even now, India supplies about 600 megawatt electricity to Bangladesh and Bangladesh, uh, given that Bangladesh is continuing on the economic development path, uh, demands for Bangladesh, uh, demands from Bangladesh is going to go up and India will have sort of uh, opportunities in exporting electricity. Also, India, Bangladesh are ex sort of exploring opportunities to say bring electricity from Bhutan because mm -hmm. India buys a lot of electricity from Bhutan. And if we can create interconnections between India, Bangladesh and Bhutan, it will benefit all three countries. Right. Also, over the last few months or maybe years, uh, there has been a ramp up in India's efforts of securing Bay of Bengal uh, and an increased interest in that in that region. Uh, so is Bangladesh a really good partner for us to work with? Uh, Pranav mentioned something about coastal defense agreements. Do we look at Bangladesh as a to co-opting Bangladesh in our efforts in that region? It is interesting that Bangladesh agreed to install coastal surveillance radar system on its coast. Uh, that system will allow India to get information from Bangladeshi side and Bangladeshi radars about Bay of Bengal, which is significant. No, I mean, unless and until you have a certain level of confidence with another country, you don't install such uh, radar systems. So in that context, it is important and it certainly will help India in terms of securing its interest in the Bay of Bengal region.
it is interesting because you rightly pointed out because uh, i remember 2 years ago one of the ports in the when the all the concept of chain of islands of uh, Sri Lanka ke chain of islands of china string, string, of, string pearls? of pearls came in so one of the important ports for uh, ports considered uh, in the string of pearls was in bangladesh with this background i know it was an academic concept but with this background uh, bangladesh agreeing with india's coastal radar surveillance system it is interesting and heavily in favor of india the major contentious issue obviously and a bit controversial issue uh, is of nrc and i understand bangladesh had some concerns about it uh, so what is spoken about were they answered so a lot of bangladesh newspapers in the opet said that nrc should be raised as a major issue the concerns of bangladeshi citizens are being deported back to bangladesh was one of the things that some of their citizens considered to be a major contentious factor but more recently uh, during the meeting sheikh hasina she said that she has spoken to the prime minister and no issues exist as this is a domestic issue and it is mediated by the courts so in this sense uh, the issue was sort of uh, smoothed out but uh, there were a lot of opinions to be given in on the bangladeshi side okay uh, from indian perspective i see it's very interesting because uh, india although reassured bangladesh uh, on the you know from prime ministerial and external affairs ministers level uh, indian home minister talks something else about immigrants and you know that involves bangladesh also uh, citizenship bill that is in the sort of uh, works is something that bangladesh is worried about that uh, that because that will allow minorities from afghanistan pakistan and bangladesh uh, coming into india direct citizenship so that is something i think nrc and citizenship both are sort of major issues of contention and bangladeshi side has been very careful because they have said that at present they are satisfied with whatever has been sort of suggested to them i would like to just explain a bit on nrc and why it is a concern for bangladesh so i think the cut off i if i remember correctly 1965 or 1971 was the cut off date 71 71 was the cut off date when bangladesh was formed for the nrc so uh, people who have come before would be indian citizens that previous generations etc nrc is a contention because there is a lot of economic migration from bangladesh to india uh northeastern states are suffering from it so is west bengal and the rest of india uh, maybe suffering is not the right word are under pressure from it so the point of contention was that if nrc is formed and if indian citizens are identified then what will happen to the citizens who are not under the banner of nrc so would that be sent back to bangladesh but at the highest level possible uh, dr jay shankar as jay shankar our foreign affairs minister he clarified it that nrc is purely a domestic issue under the jurisdiction of supreme court of india so we are just here to identify uh, the people who are indian citizen and before india in 1971 and their previous generation etc and there would be no sending back of citizens who are not under the banner of nrc also it will go under multiple rounds in future we are not yet sure about what will happen in future for those who are not yet under the banner of nrc so it is a purely domestic issue and that is what is been conveyed to uh, prime minister of bangladesh sheikh hasina and i think that is a satisfactory opinion remark for her but having said that bnp is like making a lot of noise bnp is their major opposition party in bangladesh it is making a lot of noise on uh, sheikh hasina and as prana prana rightly pointed out that one of the uh, many pressures on sheikh hasina was bnp's opposition that this should be, have been raised with indian prime minister at the highest level when he when sheikh hasina comes to india 
So if you actually read uh, some of the pieces on the Indian side, a lot of journalists on the Indian side have also asked the question about what about NRC? But the reaction has been very simple. It's been very straightforward. There's nothing much to worry about. So domestically, there are a lot of questions to be asked. But I think we have to wait for some more time to see how this actually unfolds. Of course, that is not today's podcast agenda anyways. <laughs> Uh, going ahead, right? So this is about India and Bangladesh in the bilateral setup. Uh, but obviously, India and Bangladesh are also part of a lot of regional multi-party multilateral consortiums. Uh, so how does this play out in the regional level? So uh, what has been happening is uh, since about late 90s till early 2000s, I mean, or even in early parts of this decade, India was focusing on SARC. But off late, India realized that uh, progress has not been fast or it's not even happening on SAC. So it was moving away, sort of searching for a way out of uh, breaking Pakistan's stranglehold on the SAC process. And in that context, Beamstake was something that was formed in 97, but was not really utilized before came in the picture. And I think uh, India is now giving a lot of focus to what is happening in the Beamstake. So Bangladesh hosts the Beamstake headquarters. Bangladesh has been important partner in the Bay of Bengal region. So in that context, I think Bangladesh will continue to remain important for India's Bay of Bengal agenda. Yeah, I agree with whatever you have said. So BIMSTEK, it was initially BSTEK and then converted into BIMSTEK when Myanmar came in and then two Southeast Asian countries came in. So India's approach to regionalism, South Asian regionalism was through SARC uh, from 1985 to 1997. But Due to the inefficiencies, I, as we all know, 1990s to 1995 was the uh, worst decade, one of the worst uh, five years in the history of Kashmir. And that has, whenever there there is a there is a clash or there is a problem in India-Pakistan relation, it immediately reflects in SARC. And that is why BIMSTEK came into picture. So BIMSTEK is essentially SARC minus Pakistan plus two ASEAN countries. That is the equation for that. And India plays a major role. So many things like energy agreement, trade agreement, soft power are all declared. At, at least the mandate of this institution or organization, regional organization is energy, uh, in trade, soft power, etc. So basically you mean soft agenda is there. Yes, but even that is not happening because of India. And I blame India for two reasons. One, India being the major power and one of the many capable powers in this region, the onus of carrying out activities fall on India. But India's approach is slightly different to this. India sees this as a rebound or alternative solution. So for their first summit, summit to materialize, we had to wait till 2004. And in the history of BIMSTEC, we don't have regular summits, timely summits. So summit is the most major thing for any organization. If we don't have timely summits, then what do you expect of an organization? India has always looked at SARC whenever there is something out of Pakistan. So for example, from 2004 to 2007, when India-Pakistan relations were okay, BIMSTEC hardly did anything. After 2008, BIMSTEC got active. I agree that they skipped a summit. It took six years. Then BIMSTEC... Uh, got active after Uri attacks. So countries like Bangladesh and many other smaller countries are heavily dependent on BIMSTEC uh, and India through this agenda. If it doesn't happen, then they start looking at different uh, alternatives. So coming back from BIMSTEC to Bangladesh, uh, India and Bangladesh are in another multi-party forum as well, right? The BBIN. So Sankat, can so you So BBIN is basically a subset of SAC uh, and uh, it was decided that in 2014, Bangladesh, Bhutan, India and Nepal will sort of cooperate and uh, ensure that connectivity between these four states will be more robust. 
but uh, because of apprehensions in bhutan uh, bbin has not moved much further but in this visit uh, india and bangladesh decided to work on whatever uh, agenda for bbin was set in the context of india and bangladesh they are going to sort of proceed with that if bhutan wants to come in good enough it, it doesn't want to come in still the connectivity will be there so that will be a public good for you know both countries So connectivity in means of transport and transportation basically road road connectivity is a major issue but also electricity connectivity has emerged as a major agenda because okay. there there are these electricity interconnections that are being set up between India and Bangladesh and they are also trying to get Bhutan into that agreement. And so, there was something about onion exports as well, right? Yes so Indian government just on the eve of uh, prime minister of Bangladesh's visit uh, stopped exports of onions to all countries in the world but uh, Bangladesh is a major importer of Indian onions and it is going to suffer and prices have skyrocketed in the entire Asian market Bangladesh is suffering from that so Bangladeshi prime minister made a funny remark but which conveyed pain which Bangladeshis are facing she said that she will not ask her cook to prepare food which involves onions Uh, but jokes apart right uh, in the broader context of the region so particularly looking at china and india china relations how does india perceive bangladesh as a partner uh, in kind of working with china as well that so bangladesh is a is a major partner for india bangladesh could be considered as a success story of indian foreign policy in the last few years but uh, china has been making inroads in bangladesh china has supplied arms to bangladesh china has also sort of approached bangladesh for electricity projects bangladesh looks towards china to balance india but uh, i think uh, both countries realize that they are so interdependent on each other that they cannot avoid each other so there is a limit to what china can do in bangladesh but bangladesh will always consider china to irritate india I slightly disagree with it because we don't have to see uh, foreign policy in a hyphenated way. Uh, from the end of the Cold War, nineteen ninety one, especially foreign policy has been dehyphenated. For example, India, Israel, uh, Middle East, West Asia for India. I agree, Pakistan has not yet given the recognition to Israel, but. Uh, Israel is a classic contest of dehyphenated foreign policy, and Bangladesh is mature enough to understand that its foreign policy, in vis-a-vis -vis China or its foreign policy to China, is not hyphenated by its approaches to India. Yes, India is a major player, but it is developed enough to understand. It is capable enough to understand that our policy is different to China and different to uh, Pakistan. There are no convergences or clashes. No, but see what happens is China. China coming into Bangladesh and you know Bangladesh China developing better relationship is at the cost of India to an extent because India is the preeminent power for Bangladesh to do trade to sort of cooperate on security matters so to that extent I think uh, Bangladesh uh, will look at China for a major power uh, assistance and you know sort of friendship uh, good example of that was 2017 when Rohingya crisis erupted. and bangladesh and myanmar both were sort of brought to the table by china india could have taken lead there but india didn't take the lead and china came in as a major player but i i disagree with you on this what would have been india's gains if india has take if india had taken a lead on this it would have either hurted cost of myanmar or bangladesh because those were at a helm of each other so the classic position which india's foreign policy has always uh, 
followed that you just be a third party help and don't interfere in their personal dispute for instance or bring them on a table would you like india and pakistan to get on a table by a third party no let them do it on their own let no, china no, no, deal no, it india no. pakistan context is different yeah. but in this rohingya context india could have come in the picture at least india could have made sure that uh, you know a foreign power or china would not sort of comes to the regional affairs and make sure that myanmar and bangladesh are talking to each other but so, how would have it helped india it helps india because you get prestige man it 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 projects power you have a power to bring both parties to the table that and at the cost thing. of one other's relation at the cost of certain no but the relationship between china and bangladesh relationship between china and myanmar strong enough it has not been affected but wouldn't have that have also brought into the question of why isn't india on its own taking responsibility why is it shifting responsibility to bangladesh because domestically the rhetoric about getting refugees to india was allowing high, women right? to say allowing rohingya Yeah, exactly. Years, yeah. So the question would have then come: How can how can you stand so sanctimonious while not taking responsibility? Also, yeah. No, see, the Rohingyas found the nearest home, which was Bangladesh. So they had to sort of, you know, coming for them to India is a long route. But India could have taken lead in at least solving the problem. You know, if it doesn't get solved, it's okay. But you can show that you know you've tried. Get a dialogue started. But yeah. definitely, China yeah. took the. ियमिजम and uh, pluralism is a sort of principle for which uh, you know principle to follow for all south asian countries so in that context i think that was a reference for i don't know was it directed at india was it directed at bangladesh not sure on an economic front uh, bangladesh is said to be taken out of the list of the least developed countries by 2024 so such international cooperation agreements with its regional uh, neighbors would really help it to foster an e- ecosystem where it could have a flourishing economy in a place where your attention is being taken away from china probably and more manufacturing opportunities come to other countries so that going ahead what do you guys think are the most important challenges um, i understand that foreign policy is not seen in a pers party political party perspective it is a continuous process but uh, bnp coming to power is a major challenge for india uh, i understand uh, 2018 was the recent election but things are not favorable in uh, for sheikh hasina in bangladesh and if there is a change of regime in the upcoming elections then india has to walk a cautious line because india's relation with bangladesh have suffered when bnp was in power in my view problem with overall south asian politics is this that the domestic politics always gets spilled over into other countries and then foreign policy is affected so preventing that domestic fallout on overall foreign policy relationships in south asia will be a major challenge bangladesh is also sort of you know concerned in that context yeah i agree uh, state politics uh, also play a major role in this sankal t- touched on it briefly so the nullifying the state politics and taking an overall national interest is quite important this is where your national interest trumps state interest in in some ways right so the visit as i take it was good for india uh, but going ahead we need to put a little more focus and take a little more leadership role uh, when working with these countries in our neighborhood right 
थैंक यू वेरी मच गाइज सो यू प्लीज फील फ्री टू राइट टू अस और राइट टू सूर्य संकर प्रणव ट्विटर आई डीज नाउ सो डू गेट इन टच विद My name is Suyash Desai. I work on China at the Takshashila Institution. My Twitter ID is Suyash underscore Desai. My Twitter ID is at Sankal Gurjar. I'm Pranav R Satyanath, and my Twitter ID is at Pranav underscore RS. Thank you for listening. I'm Shamavi, and you can follow me at the Nike Mike. Thank you, guys. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM Network. You can tune into them on the IVM Podcast app. ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at @ivmpodcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at @takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in